very exciting episode of the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. My name is Charles, and with me today, as always, is my lifelong friend and co-host, Dylan. I'm ready to talk some fantasy with my friend, Charles. I'm ready to talk some fantasy with my friend as well, Dylan, but not just any fantasy today, because today we're talking about a big big release sending shockwaves (laughs) through the world of fantasy and just fiction in general you know it's another one of these romanticy uh juggernauts if you will (laughs) uh, um you've read it i have not and also my voice if listeners can't tell is completely shot from a week of um being at a convention for work and just talking 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 in a loud conference room so my my voice is shot but we will the show must go on Dylan the show must go on and for this exciting release no less so why don't you um um quit with the suspense and tell us what book you're here to talk about today already jeez I'm sorry I left you in in (laughs) such suspense and I'm I think the suspense is only enhanced by your new you sound kind of like npr level like <laughs> lower lower both in tone isn't it crazy how much lower my voice is right now <laughs> yeah yeah and, and you couldn't hit that high note in when you were trying to say uh, welcome to friends talking fancy podcast uh you know all these things welcome to that just aren't quite the same but I know. you know what charles <laughs> We're here. We're ready to talk some fantasy. We're ready to even talk some romanticy because, oh, yeah. yeah, you mentioned uh, this is a juggernaut. This is Fourth <laughs> Wing by Rebecca Yaros. Uh, this is a book that has accumulated 1,200,000 plus ratings on wow. Goodreads. Adding up to a 4.61, Charles. I mean, this is a book. That's like incredible. Yeah, incredible hype. Uh, It has captured the attention of the book talk crowd probably more (laughs) than any other book. And I mean, book talk is, that's what sells books now, basically. (laughs) Like when you go Uh, to Barnes and Noble, they'll, a lot of times you'll see there's just like a hashtag book talk section and uh, you are very likely to find fourth wing there. It is, has been very interesting uh, reading this. I, uh, I read this with my partner because she's super into all the romanticy stuff, a big Court of Thorns and Roses fan. And uh, she uh, wrap me up in this uh, fourth wing craze. So I'm, I'm excited. I think I bring a little bit of a different perspective to it than most of the folks who are talking about this. Uh, most of the folks talking about it are probably a little bit more along lines of the crowd that learned about it from book talk and is engrossed in that whole romanticy world. Uh, we, you know, dip our toes into romanticy <laughs> a little bit here on the Friends Talking Fantasy podcast, but uh, we are uh, definitely more comfortable in the deep depths of the waters of grimdark and epic fantasy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, that kind of stuff. So uh, this was uh, th- this was pretty much the only thing that I would say that we've read on here that's similar to this would be like a court of 
Thorns and Roses. Uh, yes. It should be we interesting the, to get into. We read the first two books in that series. Um, yeah. Very popular episodes, you know, very popular um, genre right now. And I will say the fourth wing is like the it's most. Just fourth wing, Charles? What? What, what is it? It's what not the fourth wing. Oh, it's just fourth wing. Oh, I thought you were asking me like a question. I was like, what? <laughs> um, yeah, so in uh, fourth wing is the book in the past year that just random people that know me, coworkers and friends, have asked me about by a large margin. No one ever asks me, hey, have you read um, Lies of Locke Lamora by Scott Lynch? That's just internet people. Except on uh, Twitter. Yeah, real life people never. But um I've gotten asked multiple times, have you checked out Fourth Wing? What do you know about Fourth Wing? I'm just like, what is going on with this book? And I've been meaning to read it, but Dylan, you just couldn't wait and you had to go off and um Oh yeah, right. And read it on your You're own. You're seriously gonna play that after <laughs> I pitched it to you and friends pitching fantasy and hey, you but you, you also pitched out of age, and that's what the fans voted on, and you know is it is what it is. So, um, yeah. Um, so you, I'm, I'm curious to hear about it though, because I'll be honest with you. I enjoyed Court of Thorns and Roses, but I don't think romanticy is, is my genre. So I'm curious to yeah. hear from you, like how it compares and, and, uh, what you thought about it. Cause we haven't talked about it at all. We've been saving it for the episode. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's really interesting. I mean, anytime you're going into a book with this much hype, uh, there's going to be, a, at least on my end, a little bit of wariness. Uh, but I, I tried to go in based on some of what I've heard, thinking like, hey, this is this is best viewed as just entertainment uh, and just try to enjoy it because it's uh, it's something that gets weirdly when it has such high ratings on goodreads if you go to like the r fantasy subreddit where mm -hmm. uh, i mean not to attack r fantasy they they read a lot of the same stuff as us and love many of the same books uh they align much more with our taste generally than uh, uh this uh, like fourth wing and some other romancy stuff generally does but I find they can be just a wee bit snobbish about Ooh. like if you bring up a Court of Thorns and Roses or <laughs> Fourth Wing on there, like uh, there'll be a bunch of people telling you like I don't understand the, the craze around it, like the world building is not thorough enough, and the like those are the kind of critiques. Uh, and then you've got the other side of the spectrum, uh, which is on Book Talk, just people uh, screeching just screeching <laughs> and 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 barely audible in that is uh the the words fourth and wing and that's uh, the review right. obviously i'm i am uh stereotyping unfairly both crowds they are like all oh, it's more nuanced but um th that is the caricature of both ends of that spectrum so i'll say i went in thinking like okay like I have a little bit of a sense based on Court of Thorns and Roses and I am ready just like be entertained and not overthink all of it. And with that attitude, I did end up enjoying it. Uh, mm. I, I do have, I end up giving it four stars on Goodreads. So, mm. and I feel that's, that's a pretty true four stars for me where I'm like, I enjoyed this. Uh, I was uh, like 
looking forward to reading it, entertained by it. Uh, but I have some things about it that also kind of made me cringe a little bit. Some parts of it that I was like, uh, I don't know if this is for me. And I can tell <laughs> I might not be the target demographic or just the target audience for some of these things. Mm -hmm. uh, but overall, I, I think it's enjoyable. And for folks who are going in uh, to this with the perspective of like, uh, it's just popcorn romanticy. Uh, fiction you know sit back and enjoy and uh, easy reading even though it, they're relatively long mm -hmm. uh, it goes by quick and it can be fun and if you're mm -hmm. ready for that this can be a great fit especially if you you like some steamy romance oh yeah i mean that's good to hear that's kind of where i was expecting you to land on this it, it seems like you know you have to respect the uh the readability of it you know that's what that genre is so good about it's, it's just yeah. like entertaining and it's kind of unfair to call it easy it's kind of just like you hit a rhythm with it and you're like in a trance with it and you just are enjoying the experience and it doesn't slog down you know so like that is a very difficult thing to do as a fantasy author especially when you're dealing with all these fantastical elements and worlds and things so that's you know impressive in its own right and i think we just have to recognize like i i, I get that like it's its own genre right it's not for everybody but this is the world we're living in dylan like like taylor swift is like a the hottest musician, Barbie's top Swift of the box office, and, you know, <laughs> like, Fourth Wing and Court of Thorns and Roses are topping the charts. It's just the world that we live in, and it, it, these, it's, it's, what I'm What does Taylor Swift have to do with it? Because there's, like, this, this huge, you know, girl power demographic right now, and then they're, I'm, like, I like Taylor Swift. How dare you? Yeah, How I mean, they're cross- dare you minimize a, my experience as a Swifty? no one's minimizing anything it's just it's a crossover <laughs> hit you know but that's what i'm saying it's like this barbie's a crossover hit too uh, you don't get to be make a billion dollars in the box office in this day and age with without um being a crossover hit but it, it's just um a new i don't know i say new but uh, you know it's a, it's a big trend in the past couple years is, is and it's um would, would you say that a lot of it was more typically like because a lot of people that have brought to me that have brought it to me that mentioned Fourth Wing were female, so I imagine that this book, kind of similar to the Court of Thorns and Roses, was more of that female perspective. Is am I right on that? I don't even know who the I main mean, characters oh, are. I in mean, this the book. demographics of romanticy readers, you have to think, is uh, leaning way more toward women than uh, men, but folks of all genders can enjoy Taylor Swift and Romanticy Charles. Mm -hmm. And I never said I just, they could. <laughs> yeah. I heard I you did read Court of Thorns and Roses that, and the second book, Wings yes. of Wealth and Ruin. Right. Um, yes. Let's no, Charles, I, I get where you're coming from. And I think uh, you can tell that. You know, above and beyond all other demographics, Rebecca Yaros is trying to appeal to straight women in particular, although folks of all genders can enjoy. But in terms of like who's going to be most likely to be completely enraptured in the romance elements of this romanticy, <laughs> it's folks who identify in 
a similar way to the main character and have a similar sexual orientation and are interested in folks of the same gender of (laughs) the love interest right i mean Mm -hmm. uh, and that doesn't stop like someone like me from enjoying the books but uh, i mean rebecca yaros she really knows what she's doing and also uh, it should be said that the stats show that uh, women are uh, like read much more frequently on average than men do. And uh, there's a genre like when you think about y- y- like what you were just getting at, uh, like the most popular fantasy books by far these days, like let's take, you know, like Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings out of the equation just a little bit because those are from a long time ago now. Yeah, uh, one they're always than the popular. other, but like uh, they're kind of like uh, almost classics at this point, especially Lord of the Rings. Uh, in terms of modern fantasy, like books being published now, the biggest books are by far in the romanticy genre. And oh, yeah. it's it it can be weird for us where we're like uh, you know kind of in our own specific uh, like communities that generally read more of like epic fantasy, grim dark, and uh, so on. But it's uh, yeah, it's different, and I it, it's a different world out there. And I'll say too, Rebecca Yaros. Something that's very interesting when you think about the success, the massive success of this book is Mm -hmm. I I was watching an interview with her and she said that when her publisher decided that they were going to have like a romanticy line, what she did, Charles, I think you'll be interested in this as a a person in marketing. Okay. Uh, The, uh, she basically sent in five proposals for five different ideas of what kind of romanticy novel she could write mm-hmm. and then had the publishers read through it and they basically told her we're going with pitch number three we're going to do the dragons and she was <laughs> like okay <laughs> and <laughs> so presumably she had like pitch number one maybe it was vampires or whatever i don't i don't know the details <laughs> of what the other ones were <laughs> two maybe it was fairies which are super popular like in Corf thorns and roses four who knows maybe it was mermaids i don't know but the point <laughs> hey is, that would be she, a bad idea <laughs> <laughs> right it kind of flies in the face of these ideas that you'll typically hear on like when it comes to writing advice and stuff like it's like don't chase what you think is going to sell like in fact if you try to do that like you'll never be able to be on top of the trend and it won't even work so just write the book that's in your heart and i think that's good advice just for the sake of like yeah write the book you want to write like Mm. enjoy it and uh, tell the story that is in your heart Mm. but when it comes to you know moving paper (laughs) like Rebecca (laughs) Yaros was like hey like I can get enthusiastic about writing any of these and then she was like it's your job to sell the books Tell me what you as experts think will sell lots of books. And she said they looked where there was a hole in the uh, like market and they were like, I think we can do dragons. And I think the numbers speak for themselves. The the market research prevailed, but it's not just dragons, Dylan. It's a dragon school. 
Okay. Yes. Those are two very because the school of of magic is also a very popular genre. And when you look at the other titan in the industry, Court of Thorns and Roses, it's not a school and there's no dragons. So it is a, a, a welcomed um, you know, all ships rise with the tide kind of situation because both of those things were a big deal with people like getting the elevator pitch of the books, like, oh, it's romanticy with us with, with dragons in a school. It's like, okay, that right. sounds like a billion dollar. That sounds like a million dollar idea <laughs> to me. I don't know about you. <laughs> it sounded that way to her publishers as well. So let me oh, read yeah. the premise here, which probably would have been good to get into earlier. Thank you. For <laughs> yeah, I would think we should talk about that. the book itself um, at some point. Yeah, should we talk about the book <laughs> itself? Uh, so I'm going to read from the, the flap here it's not on the back of the book but it is on the on the flap so enter the brutal and elite world of a war college for dragon riders from new york times best-selling author rebecca yaros who i should mention wrote romance before this like that's where she mm. uh, she wrote just like romance typical romance genre stuff and then was like oh i could write romanticy and here we go 20-year-old Violet Sorengale was supposed to enter the scribe quadrant, living a quiet life among books and history. Now, mm. the commanding general, also known as her toughest talons, talons, Charles, uh, mother, has ordered Violet to join the hundreds of candidates striving to become the elite of Navarre, dragon riders. But... When you're smaller than everyone else and your body is brittle, death is only a heartbeat away because dragons don't bond to quote-unquote fragile humans. They incinerate them, Charles. Mm. With fewer dragons willing to bond than cadets, most would kill Violet to better their own chances of success. The rest would kill her just for being her mother's daughter, like Zayden Rorson the most powerful and ruthless wing leader in the rider's quadrant. She'll need every edge her wits can give her just to see the next sunrise. Yet, with every day that passes, the war outside grows more deadly, the kingdom's protective wards are failing, and the death toll continues to rise. Even worse, Violet begins to suspect leadership is hiding a terrible secret. Friends. Enemies. Lovers. Everyone that... Mm -hmm. Basquiat War College has an agenda <laughs> because once you enter, there are only two ways out, graduate or die, which is the same as a PhD program as well, <laughs> in my experience, as, yeah. a, as a PhD student. <laughs> Golly. Wow. We don't know which one will come first at this rate, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one will happen. <laughs> or both. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Wow. So okay. premise. Yeah, I see. So we're that's that's a lot to unpack. There's a lot going on there. Um, certainly, I can see why it's a success and how it has a lot going for it. the The one question that I have, and that's been burning at me ever since I read about this book, is how do the dragons play into the romance? <laughs> it's a, because uh, you hear that they have to bond to a human and I'm like oh is this like a human dragon love connection no. going on here or is this the, like a... the humans and dragons don't get involved like that mm. but I I, there is a way in which the dragons do figure into the equation in terms of mm. the romance element of it 
but it is not uh it's not by having what sex does with that means <laughs> <laughs> <It's> a... <laughs> they play so, into the romance <laughs> i mean i don't want to say it because it's a spoiler mm, really but okay man i mean that's how you I move those really... books you know it's like i gotta find out how the dragons get involved <laughs> in all of this yeah. you know so all right charles was that <laughs> that's your that's your main question i have a lot of thoughts i i do do want to share here so that was the main question i'm not free, satisfied at all i still have lots of read questions, the book but for the Raphael sake of spoilers yeah it, it, it's I'll fair to say there. yeah 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 so okay that's fair um so i guess yeah then just tell us about the rest of the book then <laughs> yeah <laughs> tell us, i'll tell you about what all else the is you going don't on care about, <laughs> all you cared about was whether or not the dragons are having sex with the people <laughs> i mean who wouldn't be with the plot back of the book synopsis like that yeah i mean well it's uh it's definitely a uh it's definitely an interesting way that they play in, but I, yeah, mm. I'll t I'll tell you off there. But they do okay. they do have a role for sure, and it's an interesting use by Rebecca Yaros of like certain romanticy tropes and kind of uh, working the the dragons into it. But anyway, the the things that I want, well, first thing I want to start with Charles around this is the the voice used by like not even necessarily Rebecca Yaros's voice so much as the voice of the characters themselves and how they speak to each other. Like you remember where we, we talked about the poppy war kind of having a modern mm -hmm. voice to it. And we also mm -hmm. uh, like this takes it to a whole different level. So we're like in a, medieval technology level world with dragons and all that kind of stuff but charles these people are just going around like using straight up modern day like slang <laughs> like especially like the kind of slang that you'd see on something like tiktok or whatever <laughs> like the, if you go into like the comments on tiktok and it's like uh, you'd you'd see folks writing and presumably talking in their day-to-day -day life in this way it's like, going like yas queen slay it's like stuff. a slight it's like a slight step back from that but i did grab <laughs> oh, okay. some example well oh. it's like uh, so say things like we're a hot freaking mess or oh. you are not mm. attracted to toxic men i remind myself and mm. yet here i am getting all attracted or like mm -hmm. i am a certified mm -hmm. badass or not that I wouldn't climb the man like a tree if presented with the right set of circuses. Like that's, I've literally okay. seen like, oh, I'd okay. climb that man like a tree. Like I've seen that uh, written online before. It's like <laughs> the the phrase, it's, it's very interesting when you kind of put like, this is part of why I like reading a little bit outside of the realm of what we typically read. Cause you get an mm -hmm. idea, like there's a spectrum, Charles, Mm -hmm. ranging from like something like Tolkien which that was a whole different like time in yeah. terms of writing in general but like mm -hmm. this very like high fantasy way that the characters will speak to each other and yes, then proper you even get like and yeah foreign yeah like this otherworldly yeah 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 right and then you even move towards something like Game of Thrones which is maybe slightly more 
modern, but you still have the characters talking to each other in a way that like feels medieval in the way that they're speaking. Like they'll be like, uh, you know, even just, I remember at one point, Maester Pycelle is just like uh, talking to Ned. He's like, this is a ponderous tome. And I'm like, no human would say that outside of like a, uh, <laughs> a you know, he's trying to say it's like a slow moving book, but he's like, this is a ponderous tome or, you know, all the like, here's Lord Eddard of Winterfell, like of the Stark family. Who, like, you know, it's like all that kind of. From chaos is a ladder to I'd climb that man like a ladder. <laughs> Right. <laughs> exactly. That is where it goes. But then you even have like uh, a step toward the more modern would be Sanderson. Like Sanderson would never write something that is like modern day slang, but he keeps right. things a little bit more like modern uh, feeling in the way the characters interact with each other like they use kind of more standard words and less medieval feeling stuff even if that's kind of the era of technology and then yeah like poppy war is a, another step toward this and this is just like pure like oh who cares like i'm just trying to appeal to the book doc crowd and mm -hmm. they this is how they speak so they'll be like you know oh, violet's one of us and yeah and then yeah they're going to enjoy it. So those are, <laughs> it's just interesting. Like these are things that I feel like George R. R. Martin would shudder at. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, uh, I'm sure they outsold his books this year. Oh yeah. You think, but uh, Hey, it's, it's what the market wants, you know, and you got to respect that. And it sounds like she pulled it off pretty well. And it, it, at some point you have to ask yourself when you're in this genre for so long, it's like, why must we feel compelled to have our characters sound like over literary and epic all the time? Like, why can't we breathe some fresh modern light into some of the voices of this of yeah. these characters? You know, I'm I'm all for it. It's it's just a different way of approaching the genre and the then the tools in the fantasy arsenal to to create a story for a, a, a new audience, basically, and bringing more people who aren't fantasy readers into the fantasy genre, my coworkers and friends like IRL that have never read <laughs> Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss are reading this. So, hey, you know, maybe at some point we can get them over to over there. Who knows? But um, <laughs> at least they're in the genre and then dragons are cool still. You know, you can't deny that. Yeah, I mean, there is an extent to which I think this is appealing so broadly to folks who don't, like a lot of which, a lot of whom don't even read, generally speaking, at all. Um, mm. You know, maybe we'll read That's true. like a fiction book like once a year or uh, twice a year, like, uh, and it's getting a lot of those people on board. And then it's also getting a lot of folks who wouldn't normally read the fantasy genre on board, which is great. You know, it's awesome getting new readers and we, we welcome them into whatever mm -hmm. fantasy related reading or beyond uh, that they want to do. And at the same time, the reason that the hype for something like this can get up so high is in part some of the things that are like well-established tropes that don't really move the needle for some folks who are well, you know, who have read a lot in be it romanticy or epic fantasy or what have you. So, like 
for them it's it's old hand but for folks who hardly read fiction at all they're like whoa like this is out of control like we <laughs> have <laughs> i mean even just the idea of things like uh, bonding to a dragon and dragon riding it's mm -hmm. like charles you read what dragon riders of pern or what yep and i've seen avatar long ago. <laughs> it's like yeah. and you've seen avatar so when you put those two things together you really have the the two main pillars of uh modern storytelling so mm -hmm. Right, Charles? Well, and, and they say that Avatar, would, well, and, and I mean like the James Cameron Avatar, not the, right. um, yeah, the, because they're, they fly on the, are the, are the creatures yeah. the Navi or are they the Navi? The, 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 no. the Navi are the, the Navi are the uh, people, people. And then the the creatures are like, not, I can't remember what they're called. Not Banshees. That's too um, deep cut. Uh, uh, Avatar, um, flying creatures come on google <laughs> but yeah you know it's just kind of the same thing where it's like oh you have to bond with the creature oh yeah, ban oh wait banshee i think i was right there you go charles hey it's deeper look at that. into the avatar lore than i usually will delve into but i i respect you for going there but i mean Thank even you. so this idea of a uh like it's like a murder college is this the story <laughs> it's crazy it's that like, it condones murder <laughs> yes i mean i don't think rebecca yaros condones murder but the the college does and i think right it's like it's an interesting yeah there's certain rules around it but it's supposed to be like oh we're making the these people strong by pitting them against each other in certain ways and they always be on guard whatever uh, but even that is like the even something like skyward by brandon sanderson has a lot of like and that's the that's got it's like young adults so it's a little bit younger the the characters involved for the most part it's more like high school and they're not like murdering each other but they are in this like high stakes environment where they are very likely to die and uh, perhaps some get picked off along the way you know mm. and so it's like certain things I think about this book because it's appealing to such a broad audience. Uh, like they're pretty well-established things you'd find in a lot of books or even like if you think of Hunger Games or something like that. It's uh, like it's pretty similar in terms of the uh, it's a bunch of people pit against each other who are going to die along the ways. And there's also these ideas of warfare and rebellion that are kind of in the background and it's uh yeah and it's also got then these elements of like i think a seasoned fantasy reader might kind of cringe at but some other folks might not <laughs> like i'll give you an example here when it comes okay. to world building charles um so there's this part that is like hilarious and it's in chapter two where she's like trying to walk across some like narrow ledge thing as a part of getting into getting enrolled in this mm -hmm. uh, dragon rider murder college and mm -hmm. she's like trying to calm her nerves and she's just like, okay, like when I'm trying to calm my nerves, I always just think about facts, like T 
to keep me grounded. And then she just starts going off on this, like, uh, <laughs> it's over two pages. Like, there's a little bit of interruption in between, but it's over two wow. pages of this, like, pretty large, like, you're, you can look at it here, Charles. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's like, no. pretty sizable book here. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. big hardcover. Over two pages of her like reciting facts about the world so let me read a little bit of it to you <laughs> so here, it's Charles. like so an exposition like, dump kind of but yeah, it's a but tool it's so, like... <laughs> yeah but dude like at least usually the exposition dumps are a little bit more like oh like let me teach you this thing because you don't know about it like I'm <laughs> once upon a time like, a long time ago <laughs> right she literally is just trying to like keep her mind calm and she's just like this is what she starts thinking to herself. The continent is home to two kingdoms, and we've been at oh, war for 400 years. I recite using the basic simple data that has been drilled into me for easy recall and preparation for scribes tests, blah, blah. Navarre is my home, is the larger kingdom with six unique <laughs> <That's> provinces. <laughs> Tirandor, our southernmost and largest province, shares its border with the province of Krovla within the Peromial Kingdom. And it goes on from there, Charles, where it's like... Uh, going into like this region is known for this kind of uh, you know this it's is the desert that it produces area. this is and, the water yeah, area exactly. this like, is the mountain me, area can... <laughs> <laughs> right let me grab a little bit more but it's uh that's pretty funny <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty bad like it's the equivalent of if i was like trying to focus for some reason while i was bouncing and i was just like the united states was established <laughs> in, in 1776 <laughs> with the declaration of independence there's it is the northeast region states. yes it's home to 50 states i live in colorado that is in the rocky mountain region of the united states known for its large mountains and like colorado that is the is equivalent of what she's thinking <laughs> <laughs> like dude, no one yeah let me read a couple yeah I, like, when i feel like you have when it helps to think of facts i'm thinking of literally like you know textbook facts or like trivia or something not like yeah this is where i live that's a fact <laughs> <laughs> right i'm this yeah, old i think <laughs> <laughs> I'm no I, but I, it's I'm not even i'm 32 years go old i live in atlanta <laughs> yeah uh, so here it's like within navarre tirandor was the last of the bordering provinces to join the alliance and swear fealty to king reginald uh, like <laughs> the kingdom of paramil mainly consists of arable plains and marshlands and is known for exceptional textiles and those oh, fields of grain textiles yeah Endless so, fields of grain and unique crystalline gems capable of amplifying minor magics. It's if I was like, Florida is known for its orange groves and <laughs> like widely imports those. It is bordered by the Atlantic Ocean. Like if I was trying to play tennis and focus and I'm just thinking about how Florida is known for its orange groves. So it's like those so Dylan, kind of I know it's a little where... bit of a spoiler, but did that end up working for her? Did she cross her little beam? <laughs> no, Charles. She died on page 28. Oh man, that's sad. The that's strategy didn't even work. <laughs> yeah, she died because she was too busy thinking about like random stuff that would not even come to anyone's mind when they're. It's just a very weird 
a very weird thing, but it's like accomplishing the purpose of exposition dumping. But someone who's so someone who's read a lot of fantasy is just like, oh, are you really gonna dump exposition on us for two pages in the most clumsy way possible? Uh, but <laughs> it's you know, hey, better that than dumping. trying to sprinkle it out over a hundred pages, I guess. You know, is get it? it, rip the band aid off, you know. Yeah, the Band-Aid got ripped off, and uh, I mean... Get straight I to the, the dragon sex. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so here's the kind of thing where, for me, I was, like, rolling my eyes, and I was like, this is silly, and I'm going to tell Charles about this. But <laughs> it's... And apparently our listeners as well. But it's the kind of thing that if you are, like, deep in the trenches of what our fantasy is reading, I could see them reading it and just being like, what like this is the book that got hyped up so much and then mm -hmm. folks who are a little bit more willing to go in with just the like i'm gonna enjoy this attitude and aren't like super experienced fantasy readers probably don't even think twice about that like they're probably like oh mm -hmm. this is what fantasy books do is like they have to get these out to you somehow and lots right, of books right. do it's like this is part of the experience it's like oh you're learning about the kingdoms yeah. and the world and everything yeah that's true yeah. And there's an extent right to that. which I'm like, us as people who've read a million fantasy books and about a different, a million different provinces and a million different countries who right. have a million different exports or whatever. It's like, maybe I'm callous, but I'm like, I don't really care. Like, I don't care <laughs> what the export is from this province. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. I remember when I was earlier in my days of fantasy reading, I was like, uh, more interested in the like details of something like game of thrones right. i remember being like super invested in all the minor details of every uh one of the the seven kingdoms so uh i mean those kind of things they're minor and for me i just was able to go over them and then get to some of the more fun parts but mm -hmm. they're they're funny to talk about <laughs> <laughs> that is funny I, I hadn't seen that before like there's always ways to get exposition across at the beginning but that 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 that, that was that was pretty good <laughs> so this book is part of a series i'm assuming right yeah yeah it's the first but the other the book is out okay yeah the God. others i can't remember if it's like five eventually it's gonna be so how does this book fare on its own is it you know with sequel potential kind of situation that we know and love it tells, a, com it tells a complete story um but it certainly leads into the sequel i i wouldn't quite call it standalone sequel potential because i think if this was just a standalone i'd be like wait like you do have to go into how you've set like what you've set up next or it's like yeah, there's still a lot of ground complete, to cover but it does, Yeah, but it doesn't, like, give you a cliffhanger that would be, like, oh, my God, like, uh, they didn't even complete the tale they were telling. Like, eh, she gets through what she needs to in this. I also haven't talked at all about the romance, really, Charles. I was going to say, Maybe literally, my next question queued up was, like, yeah. you have been avoiding talking about the romance. <laughs> like, let's get avoiding. into it. <laughs> I, I've been protecting you, Charles, because I know mm. you blush at the at the steamy romance. But mm. it's yeah. So for me, <laughs> it did not hit extremely well, and I actually kind of found it cringy at times. The romance, um, 
So it was one of the things where I was like, I'm just feeling like I'm not the demographic for what's happening right now. <laughs> and I'm out of touch with society. <laughs> right. Like something is missing <laughs> in terms of what's like, this is trying to do for me, but it's, uh, and, and I will say my partner who she's a big fan of the romance in a court of thorns and roses she mm. felt like the romance wasn't as strong in this one mm. she, uh, so uh, uh if that if that carries more weight than me it just but would you like, say like your comparison you kind of agree that the romance um compared to court of thorns and roses was uh, a bit more outside your taste <laughs> yeah i would agree with that like i think that Sarah J. Mass does a better job of writing the romance uh, of, of her series than does Rebecca Yaros. Not that it's bad. And it's kind of interesting because it's like I compare it to Sanderson where it's like people who read this who really like world building or <laughs> they'll be like, wow, like I just read the Sanderson book and uh, like what bothers me about this fourth wing book is uh, we didn't get any sort of depth into knowledge about what the different dragon like there's different types of dragons like what the different types of dragons mm -hmm. are capable of and what separates a blue dragon from a, a green dragon and that didn't play as much of a role and like uh, and then you know sanderson is super like not strong at romance writing in my opinion like uh, so you see how like for sanderson fleshing out all the world building and stuff is a priority and then the some of the relationships, especially like romantic relationships, take a real backseat where like a romance mm -hmm. reader could read that and they'd be like, wait, what? Like these characters are just like <laughs> together now and they like each other. Like, and here mm -hmm. it takes, you know, it takes front and center. So it does, it does like have a bigger through line uh, through the book than does any of the uh, like plot around the dragon or the uh, the college equivalent that they're going to like the romance is front and center mm. it showed a lot of par like there's pretty clear parallels to i won't spoil anything in a court of thorns and roses or in this but there's uh those who have read a court of thorns and roses at least through the first two books like we have um they would see very clear parallels to the two main like love interest characters in a court of thorns and roses like there's people who are very similar in <laughs> this book and it does sort of have the feel of like rebecca yaros has probably read a court of thorns and roses and probably <laughs> like she seems pretty in tune with what people who read romanticy are like into in terms of love interests mm. so i it does you kind of bad feel boys, like she, your white knights your all yes these, yeah okay. perhaps exactly those <laughs> <laughs> i see i see right yeah so for me it was kind of it felt like kind of a rehash of some of what we read in a court of thorns and roses and it was for me just like super telegraphed who who the main love interest was and uh i mm. 
I don't know. I just didn't find myself that invested in it. But meanwhile, like, I don't think she was writing that picturing me. <laughs> like, oh, no. like, <laughs> uh, this, like, <laughs> you don't think so either, Charles? No, was I like, don't think oh, I... this 31 year old man from Long Island is going to love this. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think you. There are there are plenty of people that do love that book for the, but um no I, I I am not surprised at all it's the reason why I haven't picked it up the only reason I've been tempted to pick it up two reasons one is it's obviously it's popularity and two is just enough people have have come to me wanting to talk to me about it because they're like oh you're the yeah. fantasy guy you know, you know this book right and <laughs> I'm like and I'm like I it's know like the of you this think book trust. but yeah. I also I know enough about it to know that it's probably you know just not my cup of tea but uh, I know who I would recommend it to I did gift a copy to my partner as well so because i'm like it's probably more in her demographic so i did purchase a copy okay um so there's a copy in my home but i uh, i have not read it yeah i mean i'd be i'd love for us to read this on the show because i think there's a bunch of interesting conversations okay. to interesting. have uh well yeah i'm there's a bunch of things i've held back because i don't want to spoil anything like i feel like i'm tiptoeing around all sorts of stuff and it would be really fun to get into and i think that it's like when it comes to romance it's like charles there's this nickname that the love interest calls the uh, calls violet and to me it's like every time i read it i just cringe so <laughs> hard uh and fly girl um gamer you're not girl gonna guess it. <laughs> whatever you're gonna guess charles it's to me cringier but meanwhile then i watched the like this interview from like entertainment weekly talking to uh, rebecca yaros and there's like all of them are like screaming so excited like the it literally starts with them being like so the nickname is a play on uh the character's name and they're like did you name violet that so that you could use this nickname from love interest that i won't name and they're like she's like yeah that's why i named her that and then they're all like oh i knew it really like, wow like she they're named so excited character around she a yeah. nickname yeah and the nickname that's unique not... i gotta yeah, hear this and... nickname <laughs> yeah i mean so so it's and, off of the yeah, word it's off of violet huh? cringy too mm. For what that's worth as well like it just was but that's the thing is i don't know she did something right that hit really well with so many people in terms of the romance and even mm -hmm. though that wasn't my cup of tea as you mentioned charles mm -hmm. uh, like i found a lot to enjoy in terms of the action in terms of all these characters getting picked off and killed in terms of the uh, like she actually can write a, a pretty entertaining fight scene uh, and like the ending is really climactic and exciting and she knows how to mm. pull on your heartstrings. Mm. So there's actually a lot that I enjoyed about it and that, you know, is uh, doesn't have much to do with the the love story part of it, which I think is 
is a very a big positive when you consider okay the like main thing that she was trying to do didn't really work for me and i still enjoyed the book and that's that's an accomplishment for sure and it's i'm really interested to see where like Rebecca Yaro, Sarah J. Moss, this whole genre and like continue to go. It sounds like they have a lot of ideas. Um, it, it seems to have some pretty solid staying power. Like it, it is a super popular genre. I mean, there's all kinds of content on TikTok dedicated to these stories. And um, it, it, it's, it's good. You know, I, I enjoy seeing it. It does make me want to pick it up and read it. Um, even though I know it's not necessarily like my taste. It's like you said, Dylan, there's something about, it's like exercising a different part of your brain, getting to read kind of outside the the core demo and being able to enjoy the experience anyway, you know, like a, like a proud grandparent sitting, watching the kids dancing at, at a, at a party, you know, it's because that how I you feel. Yourself, I'm like, hmm, I can enjoy this book uh, sitting over here, watching the, the dance party going on, you know, uh, and I'll, yeah. and I'll leave by, you know, seven o'clock when they'll party till <laughs> 1am, but you know, you I was know. happy to be there. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to know what, what people are getting up to after seven o'clock and, uh, in fourth wave charles oh, man. you would blush <laughs> well i'm trying to figure it out man dragons are involved that's as, that's all i know and i'm trying to do the math i in know my head. can't get into it because you have to read it so we can talk this about must spoilers. be some kind of psychic bond that can enhance the pleasure or something i don't know <laughs> am i yeah, onto something just let your imagination run wild there charles <laughs> uh, i don't know i'll have to figure it out one of these days the secrets will be revealed to me and I will know what everyone else knows about the, the romance in, in fourth wing. Um, but, um, awesome. Overall, Overall? good book. I don't want to, my, you know, we have, we've had our fun today, uh, Mm -hmm. with some of the jokes about the world building and stuff like that. But I, I want people to, they're like, for me, I'd, I would be willing to recommend this for sure once I have a sense of what someone's looking for in a book. Like, I know that there's going to be people out there who are uh, just not super interested in romanticy and uh, who enjoy epic fantasy, grimdark, all that kind of stuff, but just, like, this isn't a cup of tea. Probably wouldn't be recommending to them, but... Uh, if someone's open to just having an entertaining experience, sitting back and enjoying it, there's a lot to to like about this book. And especially if you're into the romanticy genre, it's it's a fantastic fit. And I, as if anyone needs me to recommend Fourth Wing, <laughs> but yes, the uh, international yeah. best-selling book um, is good. You <laughs> is is recommended. Yeah, well, well, we have a little bit of a different audience. For terms. sure. Like, it's suggested by the fact that we put Fourth Wing in a poll against books that have a fraction of the popularity based on, mm-hmm. you know, whatever metric you want to mm-hmm. use in ter- Goodreads ratings, number of books sold, all kind of stuff. And like mm-hmm. that Powder Mage, which is a popular book in its own right, but mm-hmm. compared to Fourth Wing, 
Like, right. That that can win out in a poll kind of goes to show that the folks who are listening and following our podcast are not primarily the romanticy crowd. So if you are in our listenership as someone who doesn't usually do it, like I think this and A Court of Thorns and Roses are both worth a try just to even see what's going on. Mm-hmm. And if it's not for you, it's not for you. But uh, and I think there is a lot to enjoy though it's just you know gotta look past the reciting of facts for two pages uh, <laughs> like that kind of stuff yeah how many pages are the romance scenes longer than two pages <laughs> yeah they are <laughs> <laughs> yeah. all right well yeah thanks for sharing and giving my voice a little bit of a rest i appreciate that um yeah, we, we got to talk about Fourth Wing. That's super exciting. And uh, maybe one day we'll read it. Who knows? Maybe, Charles. I love that completely non-committal oh, yeah. <laughs> response well, regarding this it's, book. We, How could I commit should... to that right now? It's not in our reading forecast for uh, at least two months, you know? So um, we got to let that play out as it will. And we, we, we got to talk about it on the show, which is its own victory. And... You know, there's lots of other books out there. Now, lots of other books. So, um, like Malazan, Book of the Fall. That's what you want to read. <laughs> that is another book that's out there. <laughs> next, next friends pitching fantasy, Charles, is just going to be uh, Malazan, Book of the Fall, versus Fourth Wing, versus what's another book? Are we not one? honoring our old rules of not repeating back to back a series? <laughs> okay so the one we used to do that friends pitching fantasy we did <laughs> used to do that yeah i think it's a good rule so the next the friends pitching fantasy after the next friends pitching fantasy is gonna be mm-hmm. fourth wing versus malzon versus some other book you're super oh versus the third a court of thorns and roses book <laughs> okay <laughs> um do i have the, the option to you're not with. show up that day for recording <laughs> <laughs> Just, um no I, 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 look look i'd read any of those books that's okay like I, i'm not against it um so we'll see uh but yeah it, exciting prospect i'm looking forward to bringing those to friends pitching fantasy and uh yeah the good news is like the books that we have coming up one book a piece we're reading dune and we're reading legacy of the bright wash and then it will be right back into friends pitching fantasy so should be a relatively quick turnaround and um who knows what will be brought uh into the into the fold of the show but a lot of exciting books still to come and i'm looking forward to getting into them but before we can do any of that dylan i think we have to play that outro music what do you say let's get that sweet sweet outro music pumping charles all right thank you everyone one and all for listening to yet another very exciting episode of the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. If you like what you heard today, if you want to support the show, uh, do that over on the socials. That's uh, at the FTF Podcast on Instagram and at the FTF Podcast with number one at the end on Twitter. And there's going to be some YouTube stuff. It's uh, TikTok stuff. Eventually, the videos are made. They exist. We just got to post them. So uh, at some point, that will be happening. I know we can... someone here. Yeah. 
I'm not mentioning anybody. You know, if someone were to feel personally attacked, then they, maybe they should unpack that at home on their own time. <laughs> but, uh, for the, you know, that's okay. It's fine. There's no rush. It's not a race. Um, we've just mentioned it on, like, what, three or four episodes now? So, <laughs> probably four episodes now. Um, but uh, it is coming, guys. We promise. But, Dylan, if they like what they are today and they want to support the show even more than over on the socials, what can they do? five stars to our podcast which you can do over on spotify by clicking about and then clicking where the little rating thing is and then you can give us five stars over there you can also rate and review on apple Podcasts. it's much more intuitive how to do it there but that means you can write nice things about us. You can tell us all about how Charles should read all of the books that I've mentioned today and how much he'd enjoy Fourth Wing and that he seems like a, a really nice guy and that you hope his voice heals up soon. But you don't have to do that because just listening is more than enough. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, you don't have to do that. Um, it would be appreciated, but it's totally not necessary because just listening, as Dylan said, more than enough. So greatly appreciated. Thank you all for making it all the way to the end. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You guys are awesome. And as always, go forth and conquer, friends.